I don't know if this is for the fact that it's snowing rather heavily here in Omaha. Oh, we have our picks today of what this could know. be for. Not uh, not sticking to most roadways, but it's very slushy out there as you uh, begin your Thursday morning after last night. Nebraska ball went all Nebraska ball. Welcome in everybody on a Thursday morning. Mornings with Sharp and Hanley. Right when they lure you in <laughs> with an identity that is very appeasing and you latch on to Nebraska basketball, and this is going to be different, especially when you're in the conference tournament. Starting to believe. Well, the program's had five wins in the last 12 conference tournaments. Last night, that identity went whoo, out the window in Nebraska basketball season, which I think is probably over at 16-16. and 16. Last night, so many missed opportunities for Nebraska to step through the open door that Minnesota left for them, and they couldn't take advantage of it. Fell 78-75. I thought Tominaga's shot at the end was going in. Yeah. That, that would have been probably a good a good bow tie on the 40 minutes of basketball last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the end, Nebraska just, you know, the, the frustrating thing is I, 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 mean, I didn't go to sleep for a while last night trying to go through my head in that game, which, remember, one of Minnesota's better players fouled out with nine minutes to yep. go. Open the door for Nebraska. And Nebraska had so many opportunities at the end of the game to either hit a shot to tie, hit a shot to take a lead, uh, make a defensive play. But uh, I, I that team last night that played in Chicago, they did not look very familiar to the team we'd seen for the last eight games. Their identity was out the window. The ball stuck. Uh, at times, you know, just just mental, mental mistakes whether it be fouling on a three, not a defensive closeout. And granted, Minnesota hit shots. Yeah, they did. I mean, there's a little bit of a huge credit here to what Minnesota was able mm-hmm. to do. Again, Jameson Battle fouled out with about nine minutes to go. But Nebraska last night played with no urgency. I think they got spoiled when they got up early, thought it was going to be easy, not realizing that this is essentially, a, in Vegas, a five-and-a-half-point spread. For a reason. So Vegas thought the game was going to be close, and... Nebraska clenched. They just they they gave that game away when Minnesota wanted them to win the game, even as well as Minnesota played. And you got to live with that. You got to live with sixteen and sixteen and a huge missed opportunity last night in Chicago. And it's Nebraska ball went all Nebraska ball once again. Yeah, and you got the feeling that as they continue to kind of get closer, you just could never take the lead down the stretch. And I was wondering that last night. If you do that. Is, is that game over? You know, does Minnesota have any... The, the way they were shooting, I mean, they were a legitimate threat. You know, Darson Garcia was... He was always there when they needed a hoop. Especially, you know, even when battle went out. You know, Garcia was there. You just got the feeling, though, if they are able to turn that corner, that you're maybe able to put a little bit of distance between yourself. And they couldn't do it there. In the second half, you know, you, you're thinking... You get that technical foul, and I, I don't know about you guys, but that was where I thought, okay, this, this, here it this, is. this has a chance to turn right away. You know, this is a big swing right here, and you just couldn't fully take advantage of it. Then there's the, you know, and, and I, I can appreciate what Fred had to say afterwards about it. I, I didn't expect him to get overly critical, but the two moving screens, you know, the, the, or legal screens, those were huge. Obviously, they're down a stretch. And so there were a lot of different factors that you know kind of contributed that you could look at and say, okay, if it wasn't this, 
can Nebraska be on the other side of this thing? But it, it's it's not just one thing in this game. And you're right about not looking familiar. And it, it starts with the defensive identity. You know, there just was some careless switches. There were just moments where what you thought Nebraska had really kind of ironed out throughout the season. It, it was almost like they hadn't played Minnesota all year. And Minnesota threw something at them that they just didn't know how to adjust. It was it was just frustrating. It, you know, it was very frustrating. I, I'm not. I'm really curious on how people feel about that this morning because the loss I'm, or the way they played the the loss in general, just the the loss in general. Probably the way I felt when I walked out and saw my car cut. No, you snow. know how you know how I think I think how people feel. Hey, first of all, you you got to be disappointed. Well, sure. There's part of you that went man as. Nebraska basketball fan, I've seen that before. Yep. That that's bound to happen in a game where they're you don't play great. The other team shoot lights shoots lights out. You miss fifteen layups, but you have an opportunity to win it, and you're not able to take advantage mm-hmm. of it. Oh, there's there's a there's a lot of emotions, but it just at the end it looked in those in those opportunities with the the stretch of Nebraska basketball for a while now it looked eerily similar, and that's why you know, you're, yeah. you're going to be making your way back to Nebraska and you're 16 and and 16. It's just the game was there. It would have been one of those games. Well, let's say Tominaga's shot goes, which was a great look and it almost <laughs> Looked like it was going in. How many people thought that was going in when yeah. he let it go? It would be one of those games where if you won, you'd be like, "Wow, how did Nebraska win that game?" Yeah. They they stole that game from Minnesota and I would quickly get out of the United Center, I'd get in bed to make sure that in Cook County they don't come in and arrest you for stealing a game. But in this case, they did it to themselves. We have a great drop on this radio station. And he was actually on our show, Nebraska, from Oklahoma. Uh, he said, we do it to ourselves. Last night, Nebraska basketball did it to themselves, and they're going to have to live with the result that their season is 16-16. and 16. And, I mean, there's part of me that says they're not. They're done. That the season is now over and the NIT will overlook uh, Nebraska, and you know, there's, there's, they can make a case for it. They can also make a case that they shouldn't be in the NIT. But last night was a huge missed opportunity to like take the next step forward for the program, and they did it to themselves again. Yeah, and that's probably the best way to label it. It was, it was, it was a blown opportunity because it, you know, if this game, it, like what we saw last year against Northwestern where the first half was exactly what you wanted it and then you just have this major second half collapse. You know, Minnesota's able to take that lead in the first half and there were moments in that second half where you felt okay, this is where Nebraska can seize control. You know, I brought up the technical foul, but you know, on Johnson, but I also think there were, you know, down the stretch where all you have to do is get a bucket. You know, even to the very last possession there, trying to get a bucket, we can debate all we want should Sam Grisso have called the timeout or not. There was just a lot of possessions there inside of eight minutes where not only could you have tied or taken the lead, you had good looks, whether the shot didn't fall or you could have made an extra pass or you the sense of urgency was maybe a bit premature in certain possessions. It's it does it it just kind of has that that sickening feeling of a major lost opportunity and I I, I don't want to just completely beat on that drum without saying, hey, Minnesota played one of their better offensive games. And they did. But when you have one of your best players out of the game for the last nine minutes, and this game is down to a possession several times, 
even that just you know the fact that Minnesota shot well doesn't sit well because you're pretty much playing left-handed at that point and you're just holding Nebraska off and the frustrating part is we thought Nebraska had kind of turned a corner when somebody is giving you an opening that this team could take it against a bad team. Minnesota's still a bad team, and they couldn't take it, and that's the frustrating part. That's, I, I, there's, if you're from the Nebraska standpoint last night, you brought up the two illegal screens. One was the right call. The other was not the right call. What more could you want? Right. I mean, you were in a situation where, first of all, we've all seen this before. When Nebraska got up eight, Minnesota wasn't playing very well at all. But first four minutes, I thought Minnesota was like, well, what are we doing? And Nebraska had not expanded their lead. And they were only up eight, but they should have been up 15. And we've seen that before when you get into a situation where, man, you should be rolling, but you look at the scoreboard and you're not up as much as you are and the other team has stayed into the game. And then it kind of after about the first four to six minutes, Minnesota settled in and Minnesota started to hit some shots. Mm -hmm. They were better on defense. The the again, I keep going back to the situation of what more could you you want? Yeah, you could have made some plays here and there. Wiltshire doesn't foul on a three. But with all that said, as poor as Nebraska played compared to how they had been playing coming in, you had an opportunity. And it wasn't just a Tominaga shot to, to desperately send it into overtime. You had you had chances in about well really oh, yeah. since the battle fouled out, but the last four minutes, mm-hmm. whether they were were plays at the rim, uh possessions, you know. A lot of focus will be on the, the Greasel turnover with 1.3 seconds to go. But I keep also going back to, and I don't know if this is a, a Hoiberg in the conference tournament because they hadn't looked like this, even Michigan State to Iowa, is they were never loose. They were they were so tight that entire game, and I never felt like they had a sense of urgency. You know, they went into the huddle one time, and or I think it was Andy Katz that mentioned as he overheard the Nebraska huddle, and Fred said, we're stuck in mud playing defense. I mean, he knew this was, he had a sense that this was happening, that they were tight. They never got loose. They never had the field. The ball stuck. Mm-hmm. You know, we hadn't seen that for you know a good month plus where the ball got stuck and they settled for jumpers, or it became, you know, Greasel had some success getting to the rim, and then he went to the well too many times. Yeah. Um they stopped finding Walker inside. It's just they got away from their identity last night in crunch time. And they're going to have to live with that. And again, 16 and 16, and Nebraska ball goes Nebraska ball. That's, that's, it's a f- disappointing, frustrating. It's a bummer. It really uh, is. It, it just For everything that was on the line, for, for Nebraska to have one of those clunkers that we saw in December and January, they saved it for the most important game of the season. Yeah, and, and the last time they played Minnesota in Lincoln, I kept – Referring that as a validation game, given off of, given what they had been coming off of, like they, they were favored, it was a game that you thought, oh boy, can we really put a lot of confidence that Nebraska is going to take care of business at home against a team that was struggling at the time? And I was still suspect. I, I was still not willing to fully embrace that Nebraska could take care of business. Now they did so. They did it at home and felt like, okay, cool. That's that's sort of a another step in the right direction on a season that you've seen that progress. And so last night, a little larger scale validation type game. Playing in the you know, same opponent, but the stakes are higher. You're playing in the Big Ten tournament, but also understanding that if you win, most likely you're in the NIT. And that goes back to what you just brought up. This team 
looking tight, never feeling good. I'll give you an example on a couple of those. Just Casey's body language. You know, and I don't know if it's because it was really not a huge, you know, crowd. You had the the Nebraska fans, and you probably have smattering of Minnesota fans, but you know, he wasn't really hamming it up after every shot. He never looked like his, you know, just sort of flamboyant self after he makes a big shot. It just it wasn't a team that was bouncing around a whole heck of a lot that we've seen. So there was that aspect. But again, the tightness defensively, too. They just did not move the way that we've seen them move. They didn't rotate. They didn't get out on shooters the way that we've typically seen. And that never really changed which was surprising to me because at first I can understand that you know maybe Ben Johnson is trying something different offensively to generate that team, to, to get anything out of that team offensively. And then you're thinking, okay, maybe you got to make an adjustment. It didn't seem like Minnesota, and even I, Ben Johnson even said the same thing. They didn't do anything completely different from the last time that they played them. The no, difference was they were shots. knocking shots down. Yeah, they hit shots. You know, that's it. And, and Nebraska never really – they just never really stepped up any kind of defensive intensity that you would hope – would sort of break that rhythm. And, yeah, I mean, you keep coming back to, man, that's disappointing. Uh, Based the, on everything this team has done this year. And just add another thing to the disappointment. Nebraska missed. And, again, this is this was a December-January thing when they would lose games. There's how many times did we talk about layups? Nebraska mm-hmm. would miss layups. We hadn't talked about Nebraska missing layups for about an eight, nine-game stretch. They missed 15 layups Oof. last night. Good recipe to go home. A lot of them were great looks at the yeah. rim. They just couldn't get them to fall, and they they have to. You, know, you have to. You got to live with this one. I mean, this is this is on you when you had an opportunity, and they just reverted back to some old habits and and never got loose, never got loose whatsoever. And all the identity that you know, people fell in love with this team just was not there for forty minutes and. Minnesota, I mean, crazy, you know, I've kind of joking the last couple of days, said, you know, who's got one foot out the door? Because they have some players that have already essentially publicly said, I'm out. Um, either they're not going to come back, they're going to explore the NBA, not not jumping into the portal or anything like that. But kudos to Ben Johnson, mm-hmm. because they went through, they've had a miserable season. And then they go through the COVID shutdown, and they go through that stretch that, they had to play in Lincoln on the third game of a week where they never went home. Then they beat Rutgers. It kind of gave the game away against Wisconsin, which is also another story this morning. But then last night, they showed up. They hit shots. They were down early. You think, well, they're going to get blown out of here, and this is going to be easy for Nebraska. But they have won as many games in the last three as they won in the previous 25 <laughs> And and there's a lot of yeah. there's a lot of discussion in Minnesota about Ben Johnson and you know they lost their five star recruit is he the right guy you know the athletic director is already fanned on a couple of basketball hires he's searching for a women's basketball coach what are they going to do with men's basketball well Ben Johnson he, he got his team ready to go last night and they took advantage of of what Nebraska gave them open shots they drained them yeah you know and and, and kudos to Minnesota but disappointing for for Nebraska and it. it it's going to lead to some questions as you transition into next year is what if this was the ceiling? What if this run for eight, nine games was the ceiling Which is fair. under Fred Hoiberg? And then it becomes what do you have to do to get over the hump with Fred as your head coach? And then I'm going to throw another one in there. And maybe this isn't fair, but does the athletic director have to say publicly that Fred's coming back? 
I think so. Now, yeah. I, I, I really, I do, I do think there has to be some type of support, statement, support, yeah. whatever. Hey, you know what? We asked for some change last year. Yeah. We had the change we saw. You know what? We feel the end of this year gave us momentum. We like where we're at. We're gonna pour a. We're gonna. We're gonna get on our eighteen ninety guys to <laughs> sweeten the pot for men's basketball players. Here we go. We'll see you next year, Fred. Go back into the lab. Yeah. yeah. Even I mean, if he is... says something like that on Sports Nightly, just the little like, oh, yep, all is well. It's kind of a little reassuring for yeah. for people because that's that's a fair question to ask as the season comes to an end mm-hmm. and you sift through the disappointment. But credit to this team. They captivated a fan base for a good eight, nine games, and right now it's not easy to go, man, that was a fun run because you're going to focus a lot on what happened last night, but you'll step away and go, you know what? Did they lay the groundwork for what could come even when you're going to lose a Greasel Walker? And I imagine Tominaga will be Mm -hmm. gone. He said he's undecided about his future last night. I thought it was curious that Andy Katz dropped the name-image-likeness discussion about what might happen in the offseason with the NCAA. He got that from Fred. Yeah, yeah. The, the I want to go back real quickly to Trev, and when he's talked about you know job performances in evaluations, you know he he and basically every athletic director in America for the most part will always say, well, you know I don't I don't want to comment on someone's performance till after the season. I, I feel like it's justified to you know give your your evaluation at least the way that you feel that it can be presented to the public. You know, at whatever forum, which I think is completely fine. I don't think that that's something that is considered to be disrespectful to Fred. I don't know what type of conversations Fred and Trev have had here in the last couple of months. But from what I understand, there's confidence there. But I think you wanted to obviously see more here at the end, especially in Chicago, that I think a lot of people are justifiably asking the question. He's good, right? I mean that's you know Fred's good, right? You know, and, and if you don't hear anything out of the athletic department's office, then that kind of looms a little bit because you're going into assuming that it you know Fred's fine, you're going into an off season that is extremely important because of the guys you mentioned that you have to replace. But you can't just throw it together like we've seen the previous couple of years where essentially, especially those first couple of years, you're throwing stuff at the wall and you're just hoping it sticks. You can't do that this year because in order for this thing to go forward under Fred, we know what it has to result into next year. So I feel like earlier than as early as possible, you're trying to get that message out to the fan base that, hey, yeah, I just like you was completely disappointed with the the short run there in the Big Ten tournament and most likely not getting to the NIT, but we like where this thing is going with Fred. We're really excited about next year. So there we are. I, I think I think you got to do that early. Uh, the current standards in Nebraska basketball: this is a successful season. Yeah, which is, they're sixteen and sixteen. Says it's a, a lot considering okay. where they were. Hey, yeah, let, 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 let's don't try and dress up something that doesn't isn't worthy of being dressed up. Where Nebraska basketball has been, this is a successful season. Mm-hmm. Uh, disappointing because we all expect more, and whoever is the head coach at Nebraska next year, I, I assume it's going to be Fred. You have to get over the hump, decide what gets you over the hump, and next year is an NCAA year for Fred. You need to wake up today or whenever you find out if this season is officially over or if you keep playing. Is 
everything will be geared towards what gives us the tools to be in the NCAA tournament next year. Yep. Because there is no ifs, ands, or buts from my side of the aisle. You have to be in the NCAA tournament next year. And every waking moment from here on out, when this season actually has a closure, has to be how do we get to the NCAA tournament? How do we build our roster? How do we go about things? How do we use what I established this year? I found a little bit of the formula. Now I got to get some fellows with that formula mm-hmm. that is off the floor. Can we put it all together that we're in the NCAA tournament? So I don't hear a, a jabroni on the air in Omaha going, <laughs> hey, 16 and 16 is a successful season. Well, Fred, where you're at, considering the previous three years, yeah. this is a successful season for Nebraska basketball. But this season for next year is unacceptable. Right. Well, yeah, that'll be a pretty quick conversation. Should he be back? No, at that point. Well, and and I don't think he would want it any different. Yeah. I mean, I, I think if you are going into your fifth year and you maybe you could say, hey, essentially this past season was my year one. I learned from my mistakes in year three. I like what we have. I don't think he would be real happy if they were not in contention no. for the NCAA no. tournament. I mean, if not, what are you doing? Yeah. yeah so, I, I, so I don't think that's that's lost on him. It's just that's what's going to be the focus for Nebraska basketball next year with Fred at the helm is it has to be an NCAA season. Yeah, and I think that was always going to be the case, that if you're at a five-year period and you had not made the NCAA tournament, regardless of what year three and four looked like, if you were still around for year five, it had to be. And the other thing about it, I've heard this talked about, and this was sort of earlier in the year, that you know, a sign of progress could be Nebraska being in the bubble conversation at the end of the year. Well, that, that again, if you're looking at that as next year, no. If you're in the bubble conversation, you better be on the good side of the bubble come Selection Sunday. Because even because I can see people looking at it like, hey, at least you know, we're going to the NIT, and we were part of the NCAA tournament discussion. Like, okay, so that was another step forward from year four. Nope. You you know if you're going to give the vote of confidence to the current leadership, you've got to expect that. That has to be the standard that you set for the 2023-24 season. I think Trev's a competitive person. He understands the significance of that. But I think you're right. Fred, I don't think would feel good about that. I, I think Fred would understand if that doesn't happen – did my best, tried it, just didn't work. Because if not then, then when at that point? Right. And, and I think some people well, might be thinking yeah. that this morning. Well, I mean, that, that's part of the conversation this morning. At some point, I, I know the history of Nebraska basketball. At some point, someone has to step up and say, that's BS. Yep. You know what? We can build a really, really competitive NIL. We've got an NBA mm-hmm. arena. We've got a passionate fan base. We can be successful in basketball here. Okay? We can do it. And you can say, well, you can't recruit. Yeah, you can. Okay. College basketball is national recruiting. Mm-hmm. Okay, you do it the right way, you can get fellas. Yeah. Okay. I've always thought that as an outsider, I was like, why aren't they winning here? And, that, and that's it's a great that, place. And that's not an excuse coming from the current regime. That's the fallback of well, eh, you know, that's just that's Nebraska basketball. Now on to Nebraska baseball and fall football. And hey, I guess Fred will will see you in the fall. That sounds familiar. That's the apathy. Okay. Yeah. That's the flip side of what I've been around. Now, I don't. For the now, past I don't think apathy is the right word because. People put butts well, in seats. Right. It's a passionate yeah, band, right. fan base. You're right. It's just, oh, woe is me. Acceptance. Yeah. And... I, I, can't, I can't get over the no sense of urgency last night. Yeah. And that's the biggest part. I agree I know, with that. How do you not? I, I know that you're, it's a make-or-miss sport, and Minnesota made shots, and Nebraska didn't. But, gosh, 
there were long stretches where I had I did not sense that Nebraska was like, you know what, it's go time. I thought the th- I thought the same thing in the previous game with Wisconsin. I think Greg Gard, who I don't know, I work at a university. If I'm Greg Gard, that Chris McIntosh got rid of my football coach and my men's hockey coach. Yeah, yeah. He basically intimated to his team, we're good. We're in the NCAA tournament. Hmm. How did Wisconsin hmm. play at the beginning of that game? Yeah. Okay, they had no sense Zero. of urgency. Like, so do we go home tonight after the game, or are we spending the night and going back yeah. in the morning? That's yeah, no sense of urgency at key moments last night, along with some mental mistakes. That Maybe they wanted a 9 a.m. game. Well, I don't know. I Wisconsin Wisconsin has a better shot of being in the NIT than Nebraska does. I mean, Wisconsin's right. not an NCAA team. Yeah. But their head coach basically said, no, we're in. And that was reflected on their team. Mm-hmm. They got beat by and not a very good Ohio State team, but when you give them a chance, Ohio State's good enough that they're going to beat you. It yeah. looked good. All right. 631, off and uh, running. We'll, uh, we'll chat more if you'd like to join the conversation about what happened last night in Chicago and what is next to get over the hump. What does it take to get over the hump for uh, Nebraska basketball? You can always join us on the hotline at 951-1620. Always in the Equitable Bank inbox. We'll respond to emails. Gary at 1620thezone.com. Handley at 1620thezone.com. We also will uh, play on the texting machine today, 951-1620 as well, or in the JTEC Construction Zone Twitter feed at GarySharp1620, Nick at 1620 as well. Coming up in about 90 minutes, uh, Sarah Baker Hansen, we're going to talk about this year's food bracket. What will yeah. it be? What food are we going to focus on? The last couple of years have been pizza, hamburgers. What will it be this year when SBH joins us coming up at uh, 8? Uh, Stephen M. Sipple stops by at 8.30. I'm sure he has a thought or two on what happened in Chicago last night. It is also an opportunity because now we are into March Madness. You heard when Darren DeVries was on the other morning, I mentioned Oscars to him. Uh, I know Baylor Shireman and the fellas were out at Oscars the other night. You could be at Oscars. It's Ask Us Anything coming up at 930, your chance to win a gift card. Uh, You just ask us any question imaginable, and we will, in our best uh, ability, we'll we'll try and answer it. No question, for the most part, is off limits. Uh, You can send in your questions at jimmy at 1620thezone.com. I'm not going to give you my social. It's the only thing. It's the only thing. (laughs) And then Brian Edwards uh, will stop by at 945. It's another busy day. Now we are in full force with conference tournaments. Everybody is going. Most of them have four games today, including Creighton, which get a nap in because Creighton and Villanova will play later tonight. Look at the line for that game on FanDuel where you can use the promo code The Zone. What is that line right now? It is four and a half. Ooh, I was going to guess four. Creighton is a four and a half point favorite against Nova who walked over Georgetown. That's coming up at 8.30 tonight or somewhere thereafter, depending on the game before that. All right, the lineup brought to you by the Rooferies of uh, John Higgins WeatherGuard. We'll have traffic and weather. It is slushy in Omaha today. Um, But we'll talk more about the Villanova-Creighton matchup tonight, the Big East, the Big Ten, and the opening day of the state basketball tournament. Are people already in line for the West Side bellevue West game at 6 o'clock on Friday? If not, you should be. That game's going to be fantastic. Also fantastic for uh, Class A. We had two games, two teams that scored over 80 uh, yesterday. I know you were there. I'll be curious on your thoughts of when you saw Westside throttle Lincoln East. Told you when Westside. You told me, yeah, you told me when, good when, Westside, bad Westside. When Westside is good, yeah. they're really good. When they're bad, they're really bad. And the <laughs> really, really good Westside played yesterday. 
but so did the really, really good Bellevue West team in beating Lincoln North Star. Six o'clock Friday night. It's an all-metro uh, semifinals in uh, Class uh, A. So we'll dive into that and much more as we uh, roll till 10. It's mornings with Sharp and Handley and Jimmy on 1620 The Zone.